Hi, everybody. This is Pam at the Paper Outpost, and this is the Paper Outpost podcast, the joy of junk journals. Welcome, welcome, sunshine and here. Sunshine and here. Sunshine and I are here. And Holly. Yes, Holly is my my, uh, African gray and two lovies. Uh, are here coming to you uh, from we are planted on the living room couch and um, I thought today I've noticed there's a lot of new uh, junk journal makers welcome and congratulations to all of you for entering into the junk journal world and um, a lot of questions and thoughts about what to do when you start like what is a good way to start and there's a million and one, yes, Holly, there are a million and one ways to start, um, and all of them are fine, but I thought I'd just focus on one easy one just to get your engine running, just to get you started. Let's say you've decided you're going to make a junk journal, and you're very happy about it, you're starting to gather things, you're kind of unsure what direction to go in, what to do, but you know you're just so darned excited, you got to do something. And here's an easy way to get started. Um... I would say focus your uh, project on three steps, the cover, the signatures, and the decorating, and break it down into those three manageable chunks. And one easy way to get started is make your cover first. Um, I would say the easiest way to make, well, I don't know, it's not necessarily the easiest way. You can make your cover from an old book cover, or you can make your cover from um, chipboard. That's an easy way to do it. Sometimes you'll have old, um, the backs of sketch paper or art paper, the, um, the pad that it comes on has a nice piece of chipboard on the back. You can find that in different thicknesses and you can also layer chipboard. Uh, let's say you have a bunch of, uh, cereal boxes around or food boxes that have the thin chipboard. You can glue those together until you get to the thickness you like. Since you're going to cover it anyway, it's okay. One nice easy tip or trick if you're going to cover it with fabric with your cover Uh, for your cover and some of the writing on the cereal box is showing through you can always um, just uh, uh, cut a piece of white paper like a print a piece of printer paper to cover that and then apply your fabric on top and that will handle that little issue Um, so that's a nice way to get started I recommend in the beginning cover the outside and the inside at the same time so that is complete and Uh, Focus on doing an exposed spine, meaning you're going to see the strings on the outside of your spine, which can be very decorative and very beautiful. Um, And it's also the easiest way to do it. Uh, And if you really want the hidden spine look where you you cannot see the the strings, all you need to do when when you have completed your cover is to cover it with a piece of... um, pretty uh, material or lace or paper or something so that if you're going to cover it with paper make sure the paper only is on the spine itself and it doesn't wrap over so that when the book opens and closes the paper will not give way over time Um, you you can use paper to do this but it's a little trickier and and I would say that's a little bit more of an advanced technique but if you're bare bones beginner I would say just um slap a piece of lace or fabric or something over that spine to cover those signatures, um, to cover those spines. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. 
So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Signatures, the strings, um, if you don't want to see those. But I think it looks pretty with them showing. I think it's kind of an artistic style, a pretty nature. What do you think, Sunny? I, I like it, Mom. I really like it. Okay, Sunny likes it. <laughs> and um, so that's a nice way to start on the cover. Um, make sure you cover the entire inside of your cover because you... Um, uh, will be able to see through between the signatures so you're going to be able to see the uh, actual inside of the spine if you don't want to cover that with fabric on the inside I recommend coloring it um, maybe you can put washi tape on it make sure you run your washi tape over the uh, glue stick so it's extra sticky and really sticks down. You can um, color it with ink pad dyes. Uh, you can use your dauber to rub over it. You can also put gilding wax or gilding paste on it to give it a pretty look. You can stencil the inside which looks really pretty too. Another option uh, if you don't want to use the fabric. You could also lay the fabric down and then stencil the fabric. You have a million and one ways you can do this but I would say picture <clears throat> the outside of your um, uh, cover and the inside of your cover covered yeah and um, you can cover the outside of your cover in fabric or, I'm sorry in uh, paper um, not counting the spine or where the spine folds um, that will work and that will be just fine and uh, or you can use fabric either way is fine and um, you can cover it in parts like the front cover the spine and then the back cover with different different materials, different papers, things like that. Or you can do them all in one uh, piece of fabric or uh, the same style of paper. Um, you may need to cut the paper a little bit just to deal with the folds at the spine. Um, a couple other things to note. Okay, so that's your cover. And what I would recommend is basic cover decoration initially. Um, you may want to add things to the front of your cover once you're done, but I would recommend waiting until your um, junk journal is complete because it's going to be easier to, for you to hold your cover and your signatures. You're basically your naked journal um, that hasn't had any decorations in it and, and for decorating. So it's just easier to work with if you wait to put all the fancy stuff on the cover as your final um, embellishments to the end. Yeah, just do that at the end, then you can spruce it up. Plus also, you, you will find that your journal evolves over time. You may go in with one idea, and it may morph to something completely different. So if you commit early on to what the cover is going to look like, and then you feel that the journal is becoming something else, you may have wanted to have waited. So there's another benefit to that, okay? Um, so that's that part. And then we meander into the signatures. Okay, so now put your cover aside, put it over there, it's okay. Uh, you haven't put any holes in it yet, that's fine, that's okay. And uh, it's just sitting there ready to receive the signatures. And the signatures are the collections, the little mini paper booklets that you put inside your book to make a book. If you look at most books from the top down, you're going to see a book is made of multiple booklets inside, all pressed together. So the signature, is a collection, is one of those booklets, basically. Now you can have special papers on the outside of each signature. Um, a big trend for a while was using scrapbook paper, the pretty, there's so many beautiful scrapbook papers to use as the outer page, but there, it's not necessary or obligatory or mandatory. You can just go ahead and put your regular pages in and you have a giant 
warehouse of choices of what to put in your junk journals. You can use regular printer, white printer paper, coffee dyed paper, um, book pages, scrapbook paper, interesting papers that you find, um, newspaper, calendars, um, old books, uh, music paper, dictionary, old magazine pages. I mean, you've just got a million and one things that you could use as a junk journal signature page. Um, and it really doesn't matter if it's heavily um, pictographed or not. Like, in other words, if there's a lot of picture on it or not, because you can easily cut a piece of um, uh, pretty paper that you want to glue down onto the page and give a giant journaling area or a special decorating area even if there's a noisy colorful background so just have fun and gather your papers and um, uh, I have different videos showing you how I make my signatures and how I fold them and, and different ways to make it easy you can fold each individual page um, which is perfectly fine and not a bad idea to do in the beginning so you can kind of get the feel of what it's like to uh, fold your page in half and how you can line up the two edges often um, I like to do them in batches. It's just faster. And if you use a bone folder to uh, run over the crease, that will um, give you a nice sharp crease as if you folded one, each one individually. Uh, you can also use a book press to flatten your signatures if you want to do that. Um, it's not necessary, uh, but it will compress your, your signatures a little bit so they will sit a little bit more like a regular book. It will be rare that we will can get them to the flatness of a traditional book that has been machine pressed. But we're not making a machine pressed book. We're making a junk journal. So expect a little bit of um, gap or spaces between your signatures. That's normal, that's fine. Plus that allows you room for decorating. And um, so now you're assembling your signatures and you're, you're scratching your head wondering how many signatures should I put in? And this is a little bit tricky because you learn when you do and what you're going to find is that, and, and why can there not be a hard answer to give? Like, well, if I have a one-inch spine, I should have three-inch signatures. It'll depend on how def uh, heavily decorated you want to make your signature pages. And you might not know that on your first journal, how much you want to decorate each page, which is interesting, right? Yeah. And then the second thing is, it depends on the thickness of the pages that you use. So if you use heavy scrapbook paper, or some, maybe some heavy old book paper, paper, that's gonna fill up a signature. It's gonna make it thicker than thin printer, regular white copy or printer pages, 20 pound. So all of those mix into the milieu, yes. And um, it's kind of, you know, like cooking. You can sit there and talk about it till the cows come come and run through your head, but until you actually bake the cake, then, then you've walked the walk, you know what I mean? So it's almost like the first journal is almost I want to call it the sac sacrificial um, lamb <laughs> because you're going to be doing a lot of learning and um, hopefully not too much judging, uh, but hopefully saying to yourself, oh, okay, this worked well, but maybe I could improve in that area, you know, getting my signatures aligned perfectly or getting them to fit inside the book. I don't want to be able to see my signature pages hanging outside of the edge of the cover. Um, although when they do, that can be a really pretty look too. So don't rule that out, but it may be something for a future journal. Now. When you have all your signatures, let's say you have a one inch book and you decide to put three signatures in it with 12 pages each. And that's just kind of like the, I would call that the random throw, throw a dart at a, at a target. Like if you had absolutely no idea, yeah, I would say three signatures with about 12 pages each 
in a one inch spine, you should be fine. And that's going to leave you lots of room for decorating as well. And um, so, okay, there you go. You've got three signatures. They're all folded and you've lined them up. Now you're looking at them and you're realizing they're bigger than your, your cover. Um, you can individually cut each one, each page of the signatures, but what's going to happen when you start to make a signature or you put like 12 pages together, you're going to find that the inner page is going to stick out farther to the right than the last, the outer page. That's just because they build up in the center and the spine of the signature gets thick and it naturally pushes them out to the right. So what I suggest is, um, folding your signatures pages all at once and then cutting fold like like as if it was going to go in the book and then cutting them all at the same time and then you will get a uniform thickness to all of them um <clears throat> in a perfect world if you had like big fancy cutters you could cut all your signatures at the same time flush and um they would all be exactly the right thickness now what i recommend is if you don't know where to start or what size book, I recommend um, a cover being nine inches tall by six inches wide for the front face of the cover, okay? And I like that one just because when you fold an eight and a half by 11 piece of paper in half for a signature page, it automatically fits nice, nicely on the inside. You don't have to do any extra trimming unless you want them to be super flush. There's gonna be a little bit of what I call bird beaking out of each signature, but it's not horrific. And um, if it bothers, you can you can always trim it with a craft knife and a ruler. But um, you're going to have to do it to each and every one of your signatures. But it's a great place to start, and it's not mandatory, and you don't have to do that trimming. And if you ink up those edges um, when they're in your junk journal, they actually look pretty cool being a little bit uneven. And if you look a lot at a lot of older books, uh, you're going to find that there is some relative unevenness on the edge of the book, especially the really old books. I'm going to show you some... Um, really old books I've uh, come across and um, I'm going to show you the very interesting way their signatures look because it's just a it's a knee slapper let me tell you it's great and um, uh, they're all hodgepodge in there short long and it looked like they were trying to save paper like they were cutting paper cutting paper and then there were a few shorties every now and then that didn't quite make it but they still put them in there because paper was at a premium back in the 1700, 1800, 19, early 1900. So it's what they did. And um, it worked and they went on forward and everything was fine. Yeah, there were no, no uh, town hall meetings over it or anything like that. And um, okay, so you've got your signatures, you've got your three signatures, you've trimmed them all up. And I recommend um, for your signatures to be about a quarter inch shorter and narrower than your actual cover. So you're going to knock off a quarter inch on the top and on the side, on the right side. And uh, that should help it fit inside your book well. Um, you, yeah, I think that's, that's a good amount. Um, you could probably even go a little bit more on the height because you're going to be dropping down from the top and dropping up from the bottom or lifting up from the bottom about a quarter inch round. So you could go to half an inch, but I would say try a quarter first and then take that, those three signatures and nestle them in your book and just decide, um, is that good, is that not good? I would maybe lean a little shorter in the beginning when you're kind of learning this because if you end up having them a little bit longer and then, or you didn't quite insert your signatures so they don't 
so they're not all even and one's hanging low it's harder it's harder to fix it's not impossible it certainly can be done and don't worry if it happens and it happens to everybody how about we just get that out there it happens to everybody a couple things to be mindful of you might want to make little tick marks or little um, front page marks on your signature because as you're flipping through your signature if you want the wording on certain book pages to be oriented in a certain direction like you know like as you would go through a normal book double check your signatures to make sure you don't have anything upside down or the wrong way or that type of thing and then make a little tick mark or a little when you need mealtime inspiration it's worth shopping kroger where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie and no matter what tasty choice you make you'll enjoy our everyday low prices plus extra ways to save like digital coupons worth over 600 each week you can also save up to one dollar off per gallon at the pump with fuel points more savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping kroger worth it every time kroger fresh for everyone fuel restrictions apply F in the corner, like a little F for front, you know, just so, and, and in pencil, so you can erase it if you want. But, uh, and also remember to put it on this, not on the part that you're going to cut off to, for the trim. That's a big, big tip. Yep. And uh, then snuggle it in there and um, snuggle those three in there and take a look at it. And if you like where they are, then line them all up. And then you're going to go ahead and um, the easiest way I found is you line them all up where you want them to be and then you use the, um, you look from the top down, you put it into your cover, open cover, and you're going to decide where you want the signatures to lie. Now, previous to this, I didn't, I forgot this part. You need to make some marks on the inside spine of your cover where you're going to punch your holes. And um, one of the easiest ways to do it is the three hole pamphlet stitch. It's a very basic stitch. If you get yourself a little chubby needle with a big eye, it's very easy to thread either embroidery floss or waxed thread or whatever string you have around that's strong enough to hold signatures in place and uh, thread that needle and you're going to have um, three holes for each signature the north hole the middle hole and the south hole and uh, uh, so you can make some pen marks or black magic marker marks where you want those holes and if you're going to have three signatures you're going to have three holes going across the north the middle and the south uh, section um, good rule of thumb if you don't know how high to uh, or how much to um, drop those first holes in. I would say about an inch is good. An inch um, is good on the bottom and the top and then put the other one in the middle. You can measure this. You can eyeball it. I measured a lot in the beginning. I made templates so that I could punch the holes in the exact spot when I knew I was going to make a lot of 9 by 6 um, journals. But then after a while, um, you just kind of get a feel for it and you start to eyeball it and then you make your marks. But the point is, you'll have your marks. And then you're going to take your three signatures your, your cover is open. You're going to line those three signatures up on their side um, with one set of the three holes, north, middle, and south. And then you're going to take a marker or a pen or a pencil or something where you're going to be able to see the mark you're going to put on the back of the signatures. And you're going to draw a line down the spines, um, uh, perpendicular to the spines, to the holes. So you're going to, and I'm, I show you this in video so you can get a better idea of what I'm I'm talking about but check out my junk journal construction cover spines and signatures playlist and I show you this over and over again how to get those lined up and this is probably the best fail safe way to make sure that all your signatures will end up in the middle of your book not sticking up too far north not sticking down too far south and nobody coming too far uh, east 
Um, and so you're going to mark all three at once in the north, the middle, and the south. And then once you have that, you can go ahead and punch the holes where that mark was on each signature. I like to use a crocodile 2 Big Bite because it makes it super easy to punch, especially the middle punch. But you don't need that, and that's not a mandatory. If you're in the beginning and you don't have one of those, you can use an awl, A-W-L, or a pokey tool to punch your holes, or a needle and just kind of, you know, stir the needle to make the hole bigger. Um, there's a lot of ways to make a hole. You can you can take um, a tiny screwdriver and hammer through it. You, you use a um, like a rubber mallet and and bang 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 through. Just put a book or something soft underneath so you don't mar your surface of your table. And uh, that's another easy way to get that done. So then you're going to sew your signatures in. Start from the back. Do the back one first. Um, now your holes. You're going to go in through the middle hole from the middle inside the book. Then go to the north hole. Uh, from um, outside in and then go to the south hole inside out and then come back through the middle hole outside in and then you're going to have two strings and a, a uh, bridge string there. You're going to put each of those two strings on either side of the bridge and then wrap them around and make a tie knot like an angel's wings wrapping around the bridge. You got to make sure you grab that bridge or else your knot will come through and it won't hold your signature in. Um, so yeah, tie it up and there you go. And then do that two more times and you've got your three signatures in place. Uh, make sure you make some, um, uh, train the paper by folding the paper over with a bone folder. Creasing your signature spines a little more crisply helps the book lie flatter, lay flatter. And um, then you are off to have a break because you've made a huge accomplishment already. You have made a, an official blank, naked, or writing journal, as I call them. It's an undecorated journal, but the cover is um, halfway decorated or complete, if, you, if you, that's as far as you want to go with it. Now it's just about the decorating, and I have a whole other slew of videos for you to watch on those, and, and you're only limited by your imagination, so have a lot of fun with those. And um, uh, this should hopefully get you started. Remember, cover, um, spine, or not spine, cover, um, signatures, and then decorate. Yeah, it's the easiest way to start, I think. So uh, big hugs to all. Happy crafting. And we will talk to you next time. Remember that? Um, is it still? Yes, it is still September. And guess what? The Fundle special is going on. You get a free gift with the purchase of a Fundle. All you need to do is um, buy a Fundle. And I will automatically include a special digi kit called the Fantastical Victorian Times. It's a five-page digi kit full of Victorian images. All printed out for you on premium lightweight cardstock paper. You don't need to add a code. You don't need to have a coupon. You just put it in there or you just buy the fundle and it automatically comes to you as long as um, you purchase before uh, um, uh, September 30th midnight. So there you go, folks. Have an awesome day. Sunshine wishes all his best. Yes, I do. I'm right here. I haven't, I haven't left the building. Okay. And we will see you back uh, very soon. Take care, everyone. Bye-bye. Hey everybody, this is Pam at the Paper Outpost with Sun Bun, also known as Sunshine, Mr. Snuffleupagus, um, Bumblebee, and other names. 
Um, we are we are hanging out in the bed today. Uh, not particularly any reason other than it just looked comfortable at the moment. And here's where we landed for a short time as we go through some comments. And I'm going to answer some of your crafty questions today, uh, which I love to hear what's going on with you guys, what you're thinking, what you're up to, what's going on in those crafty minds of yours. Let's dig in and see. Laura Fritz asks, hello, Pam and Sunny. This is more of a Sunny question. Okay, I'll step aside here. Sunny, you come in. How do you keep your fur around your eyes so white? Thank you, Laura and Lucy. Ah, okay. So um, the trick really is um, daily cleaning. And we use a knit comb to clean around his eyes to remove the, um, the uh, you know, the buildup in the eye when he, he, he gets little jelly globs there in the morning and stuff like that. Um, and I got that tip from... Um, a vet a vet I saw her use it and I thought what a great tool so yeah it's for um, getting rid of um, it's the comb you use for lice but we're not using it for lice but it's a very very fine comb and it's it's blunted on the end so it's safe to use around the eye if you're careful with it and it's great to remove that uh, build-up debris around the eye and then also um, uh, I wash his little face with uh, tear-free baby shampoo style stuff. So I can I can really get in there around the tear troughs of his eyes and wash that. Um, I think that what makes it, I'm, I'm guessing, I don't know, but I've, I've always had good luck with this with my other four Maltese dogs. I kept them all nice and snow white in the face by doing that uh, little uh, regimen. And um, we didn't have to use any tear bright or anything like that. I also keep the, the hair around the eyes trimmed very close, especially in the tear trough. I asked the groomer to uh, make sure that she trims in there very well because it can get stay moist in there. And if it does, you can get a yeast buildup. And, well, frankly, this is not really junk journal talk, but hey, it's interesting as far as puppies are concerned, if you like puppies. But, um, yeah, it can, you know, the yeast can cause a smell and stuff that in there, and I'm sure it's irritating to their skin, so air movement keeping the skin dry there you go you don't have to use any fancy anything all right carrying on we have a question from deborah deborah sheehan asks hi i watch all your films oh thank you for calling them films deborah i love that i haven't i haven't heard anybody call them films before um i can't find stamps that say journal i've hunted until my eyes have crossed can you help do you sell these uh word pages i like some will you be safe in the hurricane oh thank you so much uh deborah um i think i will be safe in the hurricane it keeps kind of wobbling my way and then wobbling away from my way so i've been through a lot of these and often it'll look like it's coming right at you and at the last minute it makes a turn but um i'm pretty safe where we are here uh as safe as you can be we're not in a flood zone so that's good and um uh okay so the the quest for this journal stamp Boy, do I hear you. And that's actually why I created the DigiKit that has the word journal on it, because um, I do have one that has the word journal on it, don't I? Now I'm wondering. Hmm. Um, if I don't, I should. Okay, let me double check on that. Um, okay, uh, you know, I know I've printed them out for myself. I'm not sure if I made them into a, a DigiKit. I know I have positive words. I know I have nature's phrases. And I know I have something else with words on it. Christmas words. Do I have the word journal? I don't know. I got I to look that one up. Um, but uh, I used to use those individual letters, rubber stamps, and form the word journal. And you can put an elastic band around them if you want to keep those letters together for frequent stamping. But they're spaced a little bit far apart um, just because of the nature of the rubber stamp itself. So then I thought, well, 
Um, let me see if I can find an actual rubber stamp that just says journal because bar none, that is the easiest way to get that word onto your, uh, whatever it is. Um, it's easier than a digikit. You don't have to print it out and tear it a bunch of times. Although if you print the word journal out in a pretty font on a piece of uh, printer paper and just put a, like a million of them on one page, not a million, but you know what I mean. And then you'll be tearing from that one sheet forever using the word journal, which is kind of nice too. Um, so that's kind of like a little more work up front, but then great reward after just tearing off the word, which is very easy. And then you can ink the edges. It can come out really cute. Um, also, um, oh, where I got my journal stamp. Um, very hard time. Took me years. Okay. Look, 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 nothing, nothing, look, nothing. Why, why doesn't anybody, don't they know we're out here? We are out here. We are junk journalers. We need the word journal. Um, what about all the bullet journal people, all the planner journal people, all the regular store-bought journal journal people? Don't they need a rubber stamp that says journal? I think so. Um, I'm sure they're out there. I actually found one and I think it was the brand named Rubber Journal, which I'm not actually sure if it's a, I don't even know what that is, but I, I found it. it. It was in one stamp and it said Rubber Journal and I cut the stamp in half and I just used the word journal. Yeah, that's what I did. That's how I got my personal journal stamp. Yep. You just got to work with what you got and what you can find. And what I would say, keep looking. Uh, look on eBay. You're probably, it's probably going to be hard to find the word journal when you just look up journal stamp, but you might have better look if, if you look up word stamp, expression stamp, sentiment stamp, uh, like rubber stamp. Throw the word rubber in there. Sometimes that helps a lot or else you're going to get all sorts of postage stamps and everything like that. It, it, beca- it can become quite the flurry of the eBay search. Um, new or used, another good resource might be Etsy. Um, because uh, a lot of junk journalers will uh, make supply Etsy shops for junk journals. And some of those folks have, may have that. And if you don't, hello, folks out there who make rubber stamps. Make one. Uh, maybe I should make, make one. Hmm. All right, let me think on that. <laughs> All right, that might not be a bad idea because uh, that would be a cool thing. That would be a really cool thing. Um, okay, what else? Let's see. Um, oh, got another question. I hope that helps, Deborah. I hope that answers your questions. And uh, Erica Mears asked, I literally learned something from you every single day. Did you get my email? I think so. Your name sounds really familiar. I'm pretty sure I did. If I did not, please email me back. I do my darndest to stay on top of those. Weekends are a little rusty, but I do try and catch up and go through every email, but I may inadvertently miss one. So if I do, please just email me back. Pam at thepaperoutpost.com. Thanks. Um, Norma... Favela asks, hi Pam, hope you're doing great. What department do you buy the flower sacks in? Okay, I bought my flower sack, their tea towels at Walmart in the kitchen section. So where they have the utensils and all of that. And if you can't find them there, ask the Walmart person because sometimes they'll put them over by the placemats and we're like, look where th- wherever the tea towel section is. If it's by the placemats, look there. If it's by the utensils, look there. Uh, but that's where I found it during the whole, you know, COVID thing. They were kind of hit or miss, but it seems to be quite the stock item. And the best price point I found seemed to be when you buy the 10 or more, like it's like a 10 pack or something like that, or a 12 pack. Um, and you can, like, that'll go a long way in the world of junk journals. Like you'll be able to buy, like, and I, I think they also sell a three pack if you just want to buy three. 
And I don't remember them being super expensive at all, but I don't recall the exact price offhand, but I would say, I don't know, I'm guessing 12 bucks, seven bucks. I don't know. I don't want to say because, oh my God, prices are going crazy these days. So, Um, but anyway, a very nice material and in in flower sack, you can find vintage form flower sack tea um, towels are modern flower sack but it's a very nice loosely woven muslin style thing um and it just i don't know it just really is a beautiful material and lends itself well to junk journal making and it's easy to dye and and spritz and stencil and you can just do fun things with it if you don't have that you don't have to have that i mean another option would be bed sheet a nice white cotton bed sheet will work really well and you get a lot of mileage out of one bed sheet Um, not a bad idea to pick up a a thrift store if you find one. Um, You can use it so many ways. You can even tear it it into strips to make sashes, to bind your journal, like around the middle, to hold it all together as a final sash. Um, So many things. You can tear them into strips and make um, spine dangles with them. You can wrap your journal in them. Uh, Just, just, yeah, gotta love the bed sheet too. Uh, Betty Ann asks, Hey, how's the weather going? I have a cousin in Orlando, a second cousin in Jacksonville. I hope you're all safe. Cousins in Altamonte Springs and a popka. I love this cute little idea. She's referring to uh, the four simple ideas with big impact for your junk journal. Um, hey, Betty Ann, how are you doing? Um, I would say... Yes, um, we're used to the wiggle factor here when the, the storm is coming in. So everything right now looks like a normal September day in Florida beautiful out there not too hot well no let's face it's still hot but um not even raining yet it's like a sunny day here right now but things can change very quickly we're staying prepared um i've already got tons of water we're not in a flood zone so that's good and i i also have offers all over i have a lot of family now in florida and they're they say come here come here if it looks bad so we have our our places to go just in case we have two generators um so everything looks to be like this is as good as it gets right now and there's um um, do I, <laughs> I got, I've got plenty of backup supplies. There's, you know, pop tarts in the, in the, in the cupboard. So we should be good. <laughs> okay. Um, all right. Uh, Kara McNulty asks, um, do you have any favorite crafty YouTubers that you enjoy watching? Um, yes, I do. Actually, I was a big, um, uh, junk journal YouTube watcher for a long time before I actually made junk journals. Um, I originally, I originally got hooked on Nick, the booksmith. She was my entrance into this wonderful world. Thank you, Nick, for all you have taught us. You are amazing. And I love Gail and I love Wendy and I love, um, 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 uh, she, 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 not right now. No, no, not right now. Um, (laughs) I don't know if they always come when I'm, I'm doing the recording. Um, they, um, uh, um, Paper Terrace. I'm trying to think. She used to go by I'm a Cool Mom. I think her name is Jessica. And also Jessica Rapp. I love watching her. And and honestly, I have like I haven't watched a lot of videos lately because I'm busy making stuff, honestly, and doing stuff. So I don't have as much time to dedicate to watching videos. And I miss that. I frankly I do miss that because it's so inspirational to see what everybody else is doing out there. So I need to jump back on in and puddle around in there. I mean, who else did I used to watch? Um oh gosh, what's her name? Um, uh, Louise Heinzel. I enjoy watching hers. And um, I, I'm going to get the names wrong. 
Dragonfly49, is that right? And then there's Firefly Studio 67, I want to say. And um, who else? I'm not, I know, I used to watch them all. And, uh, but there, and there have been so many new ones that have come along. So that's really awesome. Um, Tina from Shabby Dabby Duda, absolutely. Um, who else? Uh, R- R- uh, Rachel from Roxy Creations. Who else is there? Um, oh, what's her name? Artie Mays. Artie Mays. Um, learned a lot from her. She's amazing. Um, who else out there? I used to watch a lot. Yeah, I'd have, you know, everybody has their own like little. Uh, they're like watch everybody. And oh, what's her name? Oh, she was so inspirational to me. Oh, um, there's Amity Bloom, and then there's. Oh, I can't remember how to say her name. Oh, and she's so good too. Um, I'll try and think of it. I'll try and think of her name and and, and mention it. Oh, it's a, it's a it's an odd sounding name too. Oh, and and also um, Bohemian Crafting. She's amazing. Um, lots, lots, lots of, she's a master of the flip. Nobody can flip like she can. She's amazing. Um, okay. Um, all right. So there you go. Um, um, let us see who else has a question. Carol Churchill, please. And thank you. Where did you get your metal cap glue dispenser? Okay. So, um, I take Fabrifix clear silicone glue from its regular bottle and I pour it into a Sugar Bell's icing piping bottle, which comes with a little metal cap dispenser. Yep. And um, I've also put... Have I? Yeah, I think I have. I've also put art glitter glue in there. I think I have. Art glitter glue itself, you can get a special metal cap dispenser for. But I think I just switched everybody over to the um, Sugar Bell's icing piping bottle, which I originally saw from Gail because it gives a thinner stream because Fabrifix glue is not cheap. It's expensive, but, and, and you don't need a lot of it and it, and, and why not just make it go longer? You don't need big blobs of it. Um, just like a nice little, uh, thin bead and sometimes knocking it down with your finger will help it not feel so bumpy when it dries. Cause it's going to dry like hot glue. You know, if you put a dollop of hot glue down, it's going to dry just like that. So sometimes better to smooth it out a little bit. And you can, you can use a paintbrush. You'll never use that paintbrush for anything else. You can use your finger. You can use a little scraper, like an old credit card or something to do it. But if you don't like glue on your fingers, but heck, if you don't like glue on your fingers, what are you doing here? Um, no, actually, I know there's a lot of crafters that don't like glue on their fingers. And um, it just, uh, there's one lady who actually crafts uh, with gloves on because she can't stand the feel of the glue on her fingers. And I always wonder how she does that, because she's a mixed-media artist. Um, she's really good, too, and I think she lives in Italy, and I can't for the life of me remember her name. Cara Giglio? Something like that. Anyway, but, um, yeah, so, you know, it doesn't matter whether you can't stand glue on your fingers, but um, I, I think I went off the topic there. That happens sometimes. Yes, it does. Um, a lot of hurricane concern questions. Yes, thank you, um, uh um, I think when you're going to be listening to this one, it'll be hurricane time. So let's hope this is not the last podcast you hear from Pam at the paper outpost. She blew away in the wind. Uh, no, I'll be holding, I'll be hiding under my, my, my scrap supplies. I think I can create a fort out of that and be safe inside. I can glue the whole thing together. Clear silicone glue will repel water. We should be good. Enough room. Sunny. Yes, you can go in there too. It's fine. Um, yeah, it's looking good. All right. Oh, um, 
Oh, Susan H. says, Pam, you're so prolific. It was great to see how you got started. Thanks for sharing. Did you end up selling the journals? Um, oh, um, she's referring to my very first video called My Dirty Little Junk Journal Secret, How It All Began. Um, no. <laughs> I know. How's that for an answer? I have sold some out of there, but primarily um, those are the journals that I hang on to. And um, more, mostly for it's a nice way to hoard and get your hoarding started. Nothing like keeping every piece of art you've ever made and just have it amassed to the ceilings. That's always a great way to go. Um, but really, um, some of them are not sale worthy because I made a lot of mistakes in those journals. And I also, they, they hold how I learned. I can see my progress as I develop different skills, try different things. And they also remind me of things I've completely forgotten about. And some of them I just darn like and wanted to hang on to. Um, um, I also put other journals in there as well. Like sometimes somebody will send me a journal and I will, I will store it in there for safekeeping as well. But uh, no, I don't, I don't sell those. I just, those are my little, I keep those. And I try and keep it contained into that area. And if it mushrooms out of there, I might sell some, but really now if I, if I complete a journal, um, I will likely sell it unless I'm gifting it as a, a personal gift or something like that. But um, um, so that that doesn't that coffee table that opens up the little um, uh, Indian trunk, if um, if if it can't fit in there, you know, like it's already full. There's no room for anybody else in there as it is. Um, so I really, yeah, I cannot stockpile anymore. I, Pam, you cannot stockpile any more journals. You must release them to the universe. Let them go. Let them go. It's okay to let them go. And it actually was very hard in the beginning to let them go or sell them or gift them or do anything like that because you know the blood, sweat, and tears it took to create it. And it is literally like selling your baby or giving away your baby because you just... It's almost like taking home the foster dog from the pound and they know darn well you're going to keep it yeah, because you're going to fall in love with it and you just want to keep it and everything. But just picture them continually like every week they bring over another one, another one, another one, another one. At some point you're, you're going to say to yourself, maybe each one would be better well served if they had their own person to, you know, smother them with love and stuff like that. So it becomes like a... A loving letting go. Yeah, there's, there's, you let them go with love and, and it's, it's okay. It's for the better of everybody. It is, it's, it's okay. And I know, I know it's hard. I get it. Um, my, okay. Chucky Lee says, um, my glue stick makes everything feel like a hard board. I want my junk to feel, I want my junk to feel like paper, not board. How do you get yours to be beautiful and soft? I see them and think how come mine feel like stiff old bits of card. I just use a glue stick from the stationery shop. Maybe that's my issue. I try 955 different glues, but they all seem to dry hard. Okay. Um, well, first thing that just pops into mind is, you know, maybe it is the type of glue stick. All glue sticks are not the same. I know when I bought the Jot version at the Dollar Tree, it's almost like there is no glue stick. You, you put it on. You put the paper on and 10 minutes later, the paper's off. You know, I don't, I don't know. So I went and tried Yoohoo. I mean, everyone, Tombow, you name it. I glue sticked it. And um, some will go on thicker than others. Some will go on thinner than others. I would say the Amazon uh, washable non-toxic one will go on very thin. And I would call it a medium stick. The, uh, my favorite one is a Scotch Create glue stick. Um, 
I'm not, I'm not sponsored. I just like the glue stick because I've tried a billion of them. For my purposes, it grabs well. It grabs as strong as I can expect a glue stick to grab. Um, it's not as strong as Fabrifix, but it's, it's not bad, you know? And uh, there are certain places where I want to use a glue stick over a Fabrifix just because of the orientation of the paper or what I'm, the way I'm working with something is just easier with a glue stick. So um, a lot of people love the Yoohoo. Me, not so much. I'm like, me. And, um, you know, whether you want your glue stick to, you know, go from blue to clear or purple to clear or, or to be toxic or non-toxic or washable or non-washable or repositionable or not repositionable. It's, these are like going into Baskin and Robinson trying to figure out what kind of glue stick you want. Um, there's a lot of them. They all feel different. Keep trying until you find one that you like. Um, maybe if you're, if they're going too hard, try that one from Amazon. It's their Amazon basics, regular old schmoo It's not you who it's just regular Amazon basics, glue stick, washable, non-toxic. It has a good medium hold. It's not really super thick. So nice slide. A lot of people like that. So maybe that's an option. Yeah, give it a try. Um, anyway, we are, um, wrapping up on our time together today and I hope you're all safe and well and happy and having tons of crafty fun no matter what you're doing no matter whether it works out no matter if you spill the ink bottle all over all your stuff just laugh have a good time go get a cookie and happy crafting take care everyone bye-bye